0: Well, I have to record for my YouTube station. It's it's growing. I'm, I'm very popular in Thailand and New Zealand. And I found out that there are a couple of penguins uh, listening to me in Antarctica. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So I don't get to preach all the time here, but so I wanted to record this so if you don't mind as well. Well, I'll tell you what, I hope you have put on your spiritual helmets today because we're going to go for a ride. All right. <laughs> It's going to be a hot and heavy sermon, for sure. And um, so what we're going to do today, you know, I just really, the last, I guess it's been about six or seven months, I you know, when I was uh, younger and had hair, I preached through the book of Revelations on Sunday night. I pastored years ago at First Baptist Church of uh, Arbordale We ran about 500, and I was just great. I had a white suit, you know, it was back in the old days, and had jet black hair and all of that. And... I preached on Sunday night and it took me about seven months to go through the book of the Revelation. And you know, but the last few months, it's been about six or seven months, God is burdening me to go through Revelations again. And God is speaking to me like He's never spoken to me before. So I have pulled over and parked on Revelations. So I'm gonna be kind of sharing with you my journey as I'm walking through the book of the Revelations. And you have to, if you want to understand Revelations. You need to understand Genesis and you need to understand Daniel. Daniel and Genesis. I've always believed that the first six books in the book of uh, Genesis, you have to know those books to understand the rest of the Bible. Very important. Because what is Genesis? The book of beginnings. And you know, it was so cool. You know, my mother passed away about two and a half months ago. My dad's 90 years old. So I, I went down on a Monday to go. So I took a day off work. Went down to see my dad. And guess what he's doing? He's reading. I said, Dad, what do you read? He said, I'm reading through the book of Revelation. It's great. So my dad's getting into it. At 90 years old, he's just, you know, it's just kind of exciting as well to see what's going on. You know, this, I believe we're living in the last days. Great things are going to happen. Yes, the Bible says that evil will come. But the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Amen. So what we're going to do today, I want to preach a message entitled, Hell on Earth the coming demonic invasion now I think yeah, here it is. I think that there's no doubt that we're experiencing a dramatic increase in demonic manifestations I read about Catholic priests who are teaching uh, classes on exorcism and they say there's just a run on priests wanting to learn how to exorcise demons hmm. there's an increase in satanic worship and a matter of fact those involved in satanic worship and leaders are becoming much more bolder than they were before. Uh, There's more attacks on God by leaders and by politicians. We have celebrity Christians, and Pastor Mike talked about this a couple of weeks ago, who, they're called influencers, who have publicly come out and denied the faith. Who said, I was a Christian and now I'm not a Christian. And the Bible says in 1 Timothy 4.1 and there in the book of 1 John this is one of the great signs of the last day. There's an increase in evil. I'm shocked. And people have said, well, you know, we have more news today. But I, but no, no, no. There, I have never seen in my life, and I'm a news hound, of more parents killing their children. I'm shocked. Every day I can go to the website. Every day I could see where a mother or a father has killed their child. That is evil. Increase in rapes, increase in murders, people cutting themselves, people with extreme anxiety, extreme fear, and the mass shootings. Did you realize that you look at all the kids, I've looked at about 25 out of 27 of the younger people, and a lot of them were the younger people, that were involved in mass shootings, 25 had no fathers. And almost all of them fit into this category. They're either loners, drugs, either opioids or marijuana. They have some degree of mental illness and many of them have demonic manifestations. I am convinced that much of the mass shooting is a demonic-inspired manifestation because Satan lies, cheats, and kills. So we're in a battle, a spiritual warfare. So the great question is this. Why study prophecy? What, What does it have to do with Revelation 9, where demons are coming out of the pit? Or Genesis chapter 6, as we'll get into in just a minute. I think the study of prophecy it motivates us to live holy. I also think that the study of prophecy lets us know what would happen to us if we were not saved. The study of prophecy gives us a future warning to those who have never trusted Christ. And I believe that the study of prophecy motivates us to reach the lost To reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what we're doing here, getting into the community and Alpha, all of that has to do with reaching people for the Lord Jesus Christ. Prophecy is not a waste of time. Now the first thing, let's go to the next um, slide. I want to show you something here. I want to look at this outline for just a minute because I want to set the stage for you and the foundation for you. I believe there's the, the chapters, the Ascension, Chapters 2 and 3 in Revelation. The Holy Spirit comes down, and that's about the seven churches that were revealed there. And then I believe that the church of Jesus Christ will be raptured, will be caught up with Him. And that begins in Revelation 4, verse 1. Now, there's a seven-year tribulation. Three and a half years of tribulation. Three and a half years of what they call the Great Tribulation. Now, in that middle time, There'll be what's called the abomination of desolation. You'll find that in Daniel, and Jesus mentions that in the book of Matthew. And that is when the Antichrist proclaims himself as God. Now, the last three and a half years of the Great Tribulation, and thank God, I don't believe we're going to be here. The other people disagree with me, that's fine. But uh, I'm I'm holding to what I believe, right? (laughs) I do not want to be here. Those last three and a half years will be terrible, terrible times, and this is where Revelations chapter 9 takes place. Again, it's another sermon, the second coming, thousand year millennial reign here, the great white throne judgment of the lost, and then into eternity with the new heaven and new earth and the new Jerusalem as well. It's exciting, isn't it? So let's do this. We're going to go into Genesis chapter 6. i want to go ahead and read that to you. We won't hit Revelation until a little bit later. My my introduction might be longer than the sermon, who knows alright, now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful or fair, and they took wife for themselves of all whom they chose next and the Lord said, now this is very important I had missed this, but I really pulled over in part and said, I really want to just find out what, what God is saying. Why did God say this? My spirit shall not strive with man forever. He is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were Nephilim, or giants, that's a translation, on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came in or had relations came in to the daughters of men and they bore children to them those were the mighty men who are of old men of renown next then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually let's go to the next slide let's pull over and park right here I think you have to understand Genesis before you can understand Revelation 9. Genesis, chapter 3, verse 10. Listen to this this verse. You remember Adam and Eve sinned? and Remember what did God do? He cursed them. He cursed the serpent. And boy, I'd love to preach a sermon on the serpent. He wasn't a snake as we think of. He was a glorious, shining, bright, and angel, I believe a cherubim, that appeared to Adam and Eve. And here's what God said. Oh, the next one. I'm sorry. The next. Yeah, go back. Can you go back? Yeah. There you go. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now let's stop this. I will put an en- enmity. There'll be a division. You will be en enemies. What? Between you. That's Satan. Don't miss it. And the woman. And between your seed. That is Satan's seed. then you got to put your spiritual ears on. And her seed. That's human seed. He that's the uh, her seed. Shall bruise your head. And you shall bruise his heel he will bruise your head the human seed will hurt you to the point that you'll be taken out but you will bruise his heel ultimately that's the crucifixion of Christ now watch this see is offspring the children the the uh, posterity the future the proje- progeny all of that. The woman's seed versus the Satan seed. Now here it is. The promise is this. Human seed would destroy the Satanic seed. He said this to the serpent. That human seed would destroy the Satanic seed. And at this moment, Satan began a war to destroy and corrupt The human seed. And my friend, when you see this, you see it all the way through the scriptures. That the satanic seed has began here in Genesis 6 to corrupt and defile the human seed. I'm going to turn my Bible over there. So, I believe Satan didn't realize, he did not realize, you can pull up, part right here, it's good. Satan did not realize later, till later, that this was Messiah. He, I believe in, in the book of Genesis and with Abraham, that's when Satan begins to realize, I believe, that this is talking about a Messiah that would come. So, the great question is how would he do that? Genesis 6, verse 1-5 through 5, just hold on, just listen. We Just watch this, keep, keep, keep this verse here. It says in verse 1 And when men began to multiply upon the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, I want you to understand that people lived for hundreds of years Adam 900 Methuselah 900 they were living for 7, 8, 900 years and if you're living that long guess what? that's a lot of babies that's a lot of babies man I've got 14 grandchildren my kids believe the Bible be fruitful and multiply and it didn't take them that long just a few years to have all those kids coming can you imagine living for 800, 900 years, how many children were born? This is important. When men began to multiply on the face of the earth, I believe there's a dramatic population increase, maybe thousands, yay, maybe millions that were living here on this planet before the flood. And then, listen to this. And the sons of God saw the daughters of men. They, they were beautiful and they took wives for those of whom they chose. Now, in the Hebrew, the sons of God is B'nai Ha Elohim. B'nai Ha Elohim. It's always used exclusively for heavenly beings. Many years ago, when I was a young preacher and had hair, I remember saying, This is, must be the sons of Seth. The sons of Seth. By the way, the sons of Seth was a good line. And they married the daughters of Canaan, which is, when i looking at it, I realized that I was not teaching the right thing. Going back and restudying the scripture, years after that, even, I, I believe, I've always believed this for the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Looking at it, this is a group of fallen angels. You can go to the book of Job. All the way through that, he refers in the Old Testament to angels Fallen angels as the sons of God. You can't get away from that. Benai, ha, Elohim is what it says and it means the fallen angels. And this is where you got to use your spiritual ears. It says here that these fallen angels saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. Verse 4 says this, there were giants on the earth in those days when the sons of God had relations to the daughter, with the daughters of men. Here and this is why I want to keep Judah right now I believe that fallen angels left, we'll get to a second, left the first estate and came down, not all of them a certain number of them came and had relations with the, uh, as he says here the daughters of men and that's how they produce giants, or the word is Nephilim. Now, I want to look at look at Jude. And the angels who do not keep their own proper domain, their first estate. Now think of it, don't miss it. Mm. The angels who did not keep their first estate, their proper domain, and left their own abode. He has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness. For the judgment of the great day. Let's stop right here. There are a group of fallen angels that were so evil, so bad, that are reserved in this place of judgment. And by the way, not all fallen angels are there. Only a certain number. Now watch this as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh are set forth as an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Let's go to the next verse. Now we're going to compare that to 2 Peter. Now watch this. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned and I believe he's speaking about the fallen angels and I believe it goes back to Genesis 6 but cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and again turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. Both of those first mm. are linked to the days of Noah, which is mentioned in Genesis chapter 6. That's not an accident. Jesus said, and the last days would be like like the days of Noah. Angels, understand this about angels. They observe human beings. They see us enjoying marital bliss. They see us enjoying intimacy in a way that angels are not permitted. Now this is a brief aside, but I've got to deal with this verse. In, In Matthew 22, 30, it says here that the angels were don't marry, right, of the resurrection. You go back and read that verse. That refers to righteous angels, obedient angels. Righteous angels in heaven do not have relations with humans. Righteous angels in heaven do not marry, alright. He says when we get to heaven, we will not marry, we'll be like the angels, the righteous angels that are in heaven. They're not permitted, but a group of fallen angels who left their first habitation and willing to forfeit the heavenly status to follow their lust. And the word beautiful there means that there was a strong attraction, and that strong attraction became lust. Realize that almost every early church father and every early church theologian believed the same thing. And here here it is. The sons of God are attempting to corrupt the godly bloodline, the godly seed. And it all began here. And then I asked myself another question. Listen to this. Now, don't you can sit, hold it right here if you will. Listen to what, I'm just going to read just bits and pieces of this, of Genesis 6. Listen. And this is the first time I've got to realize this too. Verse 3. After all of this came through, after the sons of God, the fallen angels, had relations, and Nephilim giants were born, it says here, and the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. His day shall be 120 years. Listen to verse 5. Okay. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Let me tell you what that means in the Hebrew. That means every time they got up, they thought about what evil they could do. Every time in the middle of the day, they thought about what evil they could do. Every time before they went to bed, they thought about what evil they could do. Evil and corruption and decay had spread on the earth. Listen to this, verse 6. And the Lord said that He was sorry that He had made men on the earth, and it grieved Him in His heart. Now, I want you to think about this. It was so bad, the corruption was worldwide, that it grieved God. He created man. Don't you think that God is grieved today? Mm. Don't you think that God is grieved today? And yet there's a holy remnant here in the world. This was pretty bad and it gets worse. Listen to verse 7. The Lord said, I will destroy man whom I created from the face of the earth both man, beast, and creeping thing, and birds of the air for I am sorry I have made them all. Let's to verse 11 and 12. It just gets good. And the earth also was corrupt. It says, what, what was corrupt? The earth. Now, you can't just don't. We just kind of read by you know, We just kind of just go by it. The earth. Okay. Yeah, the earth. Think about what he said here. The earth. The earth was corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. And that's what you see in the Genesis chapter 6. There was violence, corruption, decay. And let's let's look at another verse. And God said, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth earth is filled with bodies through them, and, beheld, I will destroy them with the earth. Now, when I look at the force of all of those statements, it hit me right between the eyes. This was a serious thing. When I understand, and look at what the Hebrew says, the corruption was worldwide. The corruption was systemic. The corruption just spread and it was much worse than even what the scripture is even telling us. Just these words, the violence and the decay and corruption of all, of, yeah, of all the animals as well. Look at verse 4, the, the word giants there, Nephilim. Now, there's, there's a, a word, Nephilim, which is spelled with the u. The Nephilim is spelled N-E-P-H-I-L-I-M. Now some people have translated that word as fallen ones. But the actual word Hebrew word would be N E P H U L I M. So the actual translation for this word is giants. The Nephilim accelerated the moral decay of the society. And by the way, I have worked I have I've already spoken to one group about the giants in the Bible because you will see giants in the Old Testament as well. And then later on, they died out. But it will blow your mind when you actually read the Old Testament and look at the words for giants. It's all through the Old Testament. These giants, these Nephilim, these monstrosities, these children, children of the fallen angels, desecrated the entire earth and God's creation. This was genetic corruption. Now look at Genesis 6. just I'm going to just hold here. I know you can't see it, but it's in verse 8 and 9. Let me read it to you. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. Now, it said Noah was perfect in his generations. Noah was not a perfect person. You remember later? He got drunk and laid around naked. <laughs> I guess that's what you do when you get drunk sometimes. Noah was not a perfect person but it says here that he was perfect and and the the Hebrew go on to the next slide I think we got it there yeah 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 good 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 just stop right here the Hebrew word tamin, tamilin or tamim means pure complete whole watch in regards to health physical condition blameless and integrity what that means is not only was he he had his heart bent toward Yahweh not only was his heart bent toward God, and he wanted to do the right thing, he was blameless, you couldn't point a finger at him. He wasn't a bad person, he wasn't perfect. But it also means yet genetically he was pure. That genetically, the most of his life did not get corrupted by the Nephilim. Not a person for per, person, but genetically pure. He was not corrupted by the Nephilim, by the giants that were produced. Now, say all of this. (laughs) And I know we got more questions now. I'm sure I opened up a few can of worms. And now we're going to get into the Revelations chapter 9 and point number 1. We'll be referring back and forth. The demonic dominion. That's the next slide. Thank you so much. And I will be reading verse 1 to you. But I want you to listen real carefully. tell you what I'll do is I'm going to read the entire chapter to you, or the entire 11 verses, and then we're going to take it and we're going to just break it down, okay? So we'll just hold right there, hold the PowerPoint right there. It's not on the PowerPoint, but I want you to listen real carefully. I'm going to begin reading in Revelations 9, verse 1. If you have a phone, just turn your phones to Revelation chapter 9, verse 1 through 11. Watch. And the fifth angel sounded. I saw a star fall from heaven to the earth. And to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. He opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like a smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke, he says, of the pit. Then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. Or you could keep it back in verse one uh, verse if you just yeah, yeah, just keep it there. And they were commanded, now watch this, they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth nor any green thing or any tree, but only those men who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads, the unbelievers. They were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. The shape of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold. Their faces were faces like faces of men. They had hair like women's hair. Their teeth was like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron. And the sound of the wings was like the sound of chariots and many horses running into battle. And they had tails like scorpions. And there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men for five months. And they had as a king over them. The angel of the bottomless pit. Whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon. And in Greek he has the name Apollyon. Now watch this. The fifth angel sounded. So what we have is the last part of Revelation. Of the, the three and a half years. The great tribulation. And all of the judgments are poured out, one after another, on the unbelieving earth. And it says here, a fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven. And to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Now, this was an individual angel many people believe it could be lucifer because you know what lucifer means the shining one the brilliant one and it could be lucifer it really could be Satan. i'm not really sure who this is but it very well could be satan and but i want you to know this verse one the word key is important because what is the key it's the symbol of authority right we used to give our janitor the keys to all the church <laughs> He walked around, and that janitor had a key to every door in the church. And baby, that's authority. Because you can lock it up, and you can open it up. The key is always a symbol of authority. And so we have here, this demonic being, Satan, maybe Lucifer, is given a key. And watch, it says he was what? Given a key. He didn't have the key. It was given. That means designated authority. Now, you know what Job did. Remember in the book of Job, you remember that how that verse goes? That Satan came among the sons of God and said, God, have you considered your servant Job? Oh, he only worships you because all the nice stuff you do for him. And what did God do? God gave Satan permission to cause destruction? To take his kids away? He said, you do what you want to do with him, but spare his life. That was designated authority. So here we see that this angel is given a key, designated authority, and what did he do? He opened up the bottomless pit. Okay, you got your spiritual ears on again. Okay, here we go. This is going to floor you. The word there is the word abyss. Abyss means pit or deep. Do you remember when Jesus cast the demons out of the man of Gadara and two, two demons in Luke, Luke chapter 8, and uh, and he said what did what did the, the demons say when they were cast out of the man? Don't send us into the pit. Don't send us into the abyss. They understood that this was a horrible, terrible torment. They said, Don't send us before the time. They understood this was a prison for demons. And those demons begged to be put into pigs, and they were put in pigs, as the Bible says. I believe that this was a prison, the abyss that we mentioned in Jude and mentioned in Second Peter. I believe this was the event and I think the demons that were allowed to be released, I don't believe they were locusts and I'll get to that in just a second, the demons that were allowed to be released were actually the demons, or the fallen angels from Genesis chapter 6. You see how it all fits together now? And I believe the pit is in the middle of the earth. Every word I find. Heaven is always up, if you notice that. And you go through uh, the Bible, heaven is always on the north wherever north is, that way (laughs) it's always up and it's always the north I don't understand what that means we'll have to be preaching about heaven another day but it's always that. but the pit, the bottomless pit the abyss is always down below and baby it is hot down there, you understand that the Russians back in the 1974 decided they were going to dig a deep pit they had all of the. It took them years. They calculated that there'd be a certain a depth at a certain depth, it would be it would be so hot, right? Back in the from 1974 into the 1990s, they were only to, able to dig 7.5 miles. They had to stop because it was so hot. It was hotter than what the Russians thought, every bit that was down there burned up. So they stopped and they capped it. And there's there somewhere in Russia now, a 7.5 mile pit into the earth. They had to stop because the heat was so intense, much more intense than they had calculated. Maybe there is something down there. The bottomless pit is deep, it's a dark place, it's a disturbing place, and it's a demonic place. And as we go through the Bible, you will also find that there are degrees in hell as well. I believe there are chambers, and the ultimate hell will be the lake of fire and that could be the sun, who knows because what, what, is, what is the sun made out of It's basically pretty much liquid who, who knows what the lake of fire is but this is not the lake of fire this is the holding pit and when you go to Revelation chapter 20 and the lost are judged they will all be cast into the lake of fire but guess who's going to be there waiting for them the antichrist, the false prophet and the devil, all waiting That brings me to the second point. We go to the next slide here. Verse 2. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. I want to show you this, folks. It's a subterranean smoke filled the earth's atmosphere, this burning smell. And you compare that, the first time smoke is ever mentioned in the Bible is where? With Sodom and Gomorrah. He links Sodom and Gomorrah to all of this because they went after strange flesh. There's a darkness today in this world. There's a darkness, you see demonic manifestations all around. I can tell you, you can go to Daniel chapter 10 and there are demonic powers over countries, over states, over cities, and even over people. Let's go to the next slide. Um, here's this demonic description. I want to show you what these locusts were. I personally believe. Now, of course I could be wrong. My wife says I'm wrong every once in a while, all right? But she's right most of the time, so just keep your mouth shut, all right?
1: <laughs>
0: the demonic description, verse three through ten. I want to read this because it says. If I want to get to 6. Listen to verse six here. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee for them. Now, think about this. These demons are out of the pit and they're they're torturing people for five months, and people want to die. They've been, these demons that have been imprisoned for centuries are let out. Joel! Go back to the book of Joel! Describe the days of judgment. I don't have the time, but in Joel chapter 1, Joel chapter 2, you will see he describes exactly what's going on here in this passage of Revelation chapter 9. These demons hurt people. Locusts hurt the earth. Locusts had no sting in their tails. I believe these are fallen angels and these demons swarm like locusts. Torment for five months. Now, I want to show you this here. Let me see if I sure did skip anything because I think this is really, really important that you, you and I see this here. They're tormented for 150 days. you Did you know in the Jewish calendar it's 30 days per month? That's what 150 days. You go back to Genesis. And what happened? It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible says that water was there for 150 days. Judging the earth. Judging the giants. Judging the Nephilim. Back to Revelation chapter 9. For 150 days, this unbelieving world is being judged by demonic forces. The same demons that were judged back in those days in Genesis chapter 6. The Bible says the final years will be like the days of Noah. In those days men will seek death and will not flee. Watch this. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. The word torment is the word torture. It says that they will be tormented. They will be tormented physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I work with demonized people, and a demonized person can suffer terrible mental torment. A demonized person, the, the, the demons can drive you crazy with nightmares, night terrors, seizures, panic attacks, cutting, suicide, sexual perversion, great fear. They can drive you into madness. Now all of that stuff that I mentioned not necessarily means is a demonic power. But demons can do that and could drive a person crazy. And so here we see they're tortured. Unbelievers on the earth are tortured physically, tortured mentally, tortured emotionally. And then in verse 6, now we're there, death takes a holiday. People will want to die, but they cannot. There's the prohibition. The demons are released. They torture mankind here on earth for 150 days. But he says, do what you want, but don't kill them. Don't allow them to die. Guns will misfire. Knives will slip. Poison will be ineffective. You can't hang yourself. You can't drown yourself. There is no escape. Drugs won't help. Alcohol won't help. You jump from a building, your body will be crushed, and you'll still be alive. You will take poison and wipe your insides out and you'll still be alive. You will mutilate yourself and you will still be alive. Some will try to sell their soul to the devil like they do today to find some relief. But there's no relief. There's no release. There's no escape from pain. And there's verse 20 and 21. Let me read it to you. Actually blew me away. Listen to this. Not part of the sermon, but watch this. After all of this happens, it says this verse 20, But the rest of mankind, who were not killed by these plagues, did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons, and idols, and gold, and silver, and brass, and stone, and wood, which can neither see, nor hear, nor talk. And they did not repent of their murders, or their sorceries, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts with all of this coming on the earth, a flood of judgment. I can't understand it, folks. I can't understand. It said they did not repent of their evil. Sometimes you get frustrated with some of your family members. You want them to come to Christ. You speak to them. You preach to them. You pray for them. And you can't understand. Well, never give up. Never got, because prophecy motivates us to reach the lost with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I never could understand why, seeing all the judgments, why they could not repent and never turn back to God. Amen. Let me let's go on. I want to describe these locusts for you as we get ready, you know, coming to the end. He said, These locusts are horses prepared for battle. Let me tell you what that means. They're dressed like war horses. You see a war horse dressed? This is a war. This is a war on un. Believers on this corrupting earth. He says they have golden crowns. Golden crowns means they were conquerors. They come out for battle for conquering. It says in verse 7, they have faces like men. That means intelligence. You know, the human face is very expressive. It's funny how dogs look at my face sometimes. My dogs can say if I'm upset or angry or if I'm happy. The human face is expressive. That means intelligence. Verse 8 says, they have hair like a woman. They have hair at least, right? Okay. Let me tell you what that means. That means attraction. That means seduction. Seducing and luring their victims. The occult has a certain attraction. You know that to some people. Some people that are searching for God. Alright. There's the difference between religion and Christianity. Religion is man looking for God? Christianity is God looking for man and finding. It. And all the new age movement, all the occult is all people are looking for something more in their life. They say, My life, what's what does my life ha- mean? What's my purpose in life? I know there is something bigger than I am, something outside of myself. And the whole world searches for that new age, searches for something bigger sometimes sadly for the wrong thing verse 8 says they have teeth like a lion a lion's bite by the by the way is painful and also very infectious they say there's some people that are that are bitten by a lion and never by a lion never completely heal the word means ferocious and mercy it says they have a breastplate like iron that means they're invulnerable actually means scales invulnerable to attacks they're insensitive to people's suffering and verse 10 says they have a sting like a scorpion. Extremely painful. Do you know there are 150 species of scorpions in the world? 30 of them. 30 of them have venom toxic enough to be fatal. And what they do is when they sting their victims, they have a, this mix of toxins. And you watch the animal plant different show; They have toxins that affect the nervous system. The worst case scenario of someone being bit by a scorpion. Numbness, difficulty breathing, drooling, unusual head, neck, or eye movements, sweating, nausea, accelerated heart rate, restlessness, excitability, all of those, I got to looking at, you know, I've seen people demon possessed with some of the same things. (laughs) And number four, the last point, point. that's the next slide, it says here the demonic destruction verse 10 and 11 let me read it to you and they have a king they have a king they have a king over them the angel of the bottomless pit whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon but in Greek he has the name Apollyon now watch this it says an angel in the pit the first angel was not in the pit the first angel fell down and was given the keys to open up the pit this angel is in the pit this tells me several things as a matter of fact but we will go into that. All right. They're organized and they advance in ranks. These demons that come out and just and, and torture the world are organized. They have ranks. They have a leader. It's the angel of the bottomless pit. Evil angel that is confined with all the other evil angels that sit in Genesis 6. That is who he's speaking about, this king. And I believe he's not Satan. I believe because Satan, watch, I believe this is a highest ranking angel that's in the pit. What does the Bible say about Satan in Ephesians two two? It says he's the prince of the power of the air. He's free. He's going around, floating around here. Oh, he's going everywhere. He might be in, who knows where he is, right? Hopefully he's not here, but he's somewhere. The Bible says he's a prince of the power of the air. This is not Satan. This is an angel in the pit. That's the king of the angels, evil angels, a small group of angels. In Hebrew, his name is Abaddon. Transliteration of a Hebrew term, which means to perish, to become lost, or to be ruined. The word means destruction. And then it says here, his Greek name is Apollyon. Means destroyer. The king, destroyer. Satan is the god of this world, folks. He's the God of this world. And let's go to the next slide here. I want to show you something here. There you go. Satan's program, now don't miss this. Satan's program is to normalize perversion. That's his program. Satan's program is to normalize immorality, to normalize decay, to normalize the occult, to normalize sin. I want you to think about this with me for just a second. Homosexuality. Normal? For a man to be with a man? God created man and woman, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Is that normal? Of course not. But look at people today. Look at all the media today. It's just normal. Being taught in our schools, and I know that for a fact, gay marriage—a man marries a man—normal? No. no. Transgenderism—that's the next step that they took. For a man to say, "I'm a girl," mm.
1: right?
0: Or a girl to say, "I'm a man." Normal? Think about. And so now you see a man who says he's a girl can go to certain bathrooms, right? And a man who says he's a girl can enter athletic events. Is that normal? Abortion? What is normal about killing a baby? And now we have states that are celebrating infanticide, and here's what they say. If that baby is born... You take it out, you lay it down, if the mother wants to kill it, kill it! I'm not making this up. I wish I was. What's normal about killing babies? I have one of my clients that I work with, her son is a professor in Chicago. They sent me all of his research. He's being criticized. He's on Fox News, he's on every kind of website, and the beast, everything because he came out and did his biology study with biologists all over the country and all of them said the same thing at the moment of conception, right, those first few days that baby is a baby they all said the same thing he's being criticized like you could not believe legalizing drugs you know baby, the marijuana today is not the marijuana of your mama all right? it's much much stronger then you have the opioids, you go on and on and on so we want to create a, a nation of kids, drug addled kids that can't even think to get themselves even up in the morning? Socialism? I have, a, I have a YouTube message. And here's the title of my message. 100 years, 100 million dead. That is the history of socialism. Nazis were socialists. They were not right-wingers. That's what Nazi means. Socialist. Stalin, who killed millions, says he was a socialist. Mao, who killed somewhere between 50 and 70 million, says he's a socialist. That is a devil, demonic, demonic belief. And what about drag queens and libraries? That's a new thing. Have you seen that? The American Library Association is promoting drag queens and libraries. I think Texas had to outlaw it. And and they, by the way, they went back and looked at these people. Many of them were pedophiles. Many were convicted pedophiles. What's normal about that? How about when all of this anti-Semitism and hatred for Christians? That is, oh, you can be anything you want, but if you're a Christian, you're bad. Did you realize that, and this came from the Daily Mail, that 245 million Christians in 50 countries are now being persecuted. The greatest group being persecuted, and they say it's a genocide, is Christians. They're being moved out of Syria, moved out of Iran, moved out of Iraq. And Jews are being persecuted. And Muslims are being persecuted, but here's what's crazy. Muslims are being persecuted by Muslims. The Shia versus the Sunni. That's who's persecuted. Christians are not persecuting Muslims. Jews are not persecuting Muslims. But Muslims are getting persecuted by their own brothers. When is the drive to push God out of every area of our life? Where is that drive coming from? To push God from every area of our life. From our God, from media, from Hollywood. The the strong demonic influence of Hollywood. Hollywood is a cesspool. (coughs) the media, our politicians, our government leaders, our church leaders. I'm seeing so much corruption. But there's good news. me close with this. Revelation 12 11. And they overcame Satan. That's him. By the blood of the Lamb. Amen. By the word of their testimony. On, and they man. did not love their lives unto death. They overcame Satan by the blood of Jesus, the pure, precious blood of Jesus will overcome Satan. If you come against the demon, you say, in the name of Jesus, and by the blood of Jesus Christ, Leave in the name of Jesus. And the word of their testimony, your testimony you have here, that one day I was lost, and one day I was found, one day I was blind, and now I see. I'm a Christian. That's the word of your testimony. And it said they did not love their life. They they, they were willing to give their life up for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, you have designated and delegated authority to stand and defeat every demonic force. Don't back down to boys. Man, I remember in school, I got in a lot of fights in school. Now, I will say this. I never beat up anybody that was weaker than me. I always had to get in fights with bullies. And, man, and here's what I found out about bullies. You stand up to most bullies, and they'll back down. Well, if you didn't back down, I got punched a few times, but that's okay. But you got to stand. For most of them, they, they said, you have to stand up to a bully. you got to stand up to Satan. You've got to pray up, stand up, speak out. And my friend, This is going to motivate us to live holy. And let you, I want you to know that you're not a weak person, you're a strong person. And you can stand up to every demonic power and every demonic force because your power and your authority comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. And reaching the lost. Every time we reach a lost person, we're taking another person out of Satan's kingdom. Every time I reach a lost person, I'm taking someone away from Satan. You don't deserve him. You get away from him. I'm 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 invading Satan's territory when I go after the lost people. Do you realize that? You are yeah, too. All of us are. You don't like that. But that's okay. I am covered in the blood of Jesus. Amen. And I will overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. And I do not love my life until Amen? Amen. Amen. And every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we just thank you. You're a great God. I don't know where you are. I know pretty much I know everybody here, but I wonder if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ absolutely completely for your salvation. That's the greatest thing you can do today is to trust Jesus and to know that if you die tonight you'll go to heaven. You know, and really it's not about your works, it's not about being in this church, it's really not about any of that stuff. It's trusting Jesus Christ alone, not your works. Not grandma and grandpa, not your friends or family, but trusting Jesus alone for your salvation. If you're here you've never trusted Christ, would you pray with me? We call it the sinner's prayer, and what the prayer basically is, I don't know what's in your heart, but God does. It's I'm gonna give you a voice to your heart, okay? How's that? And you pray, if you want to receive Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior, I want you to pray that prayer with me if you will. Father, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again from the dead lord i ask you to forgive me of my sins i turn from what's wrong in my life i turn completely to you lord father save me today thank you father for forgiving me thank you father for cleansing me thank you father for saving me lord be the lord be the boss of my life now. Thank you, Lord, for making me a Christian today. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer, could you put your hands up real high and put it right back down? Anyone? Anyone? Amen. All right. Anybody else? All right. Praise the Lord. Good. Anybody else? Praise Jesus. Anybody else? Good. And those of you who accepted Christ today, let me show you what to do. You need to, number one, get in that Bible. You need to get in that Bible. 1 John, the book of John. Revelation, wherever. Just start getting the Bible, get soaked in the Bible. The second thing you need to tell someone, tell family, friends, tell Pastor Mike. Hey, I accepted Christ. And if you've never been baptized, baptism is, is, is doesn't save you, but baptism is the out word thing that you are saved. That's all it is. And the Bible says two things: the Lord's Supper and the baptism are or two ordinances of the church. If you've never been baptized, follow Him in baptism. Right. And those of you who are here today, I want to encourage you that God loves you. This is a great day. And you know what? This hurricane that kind of went out, God said, Guys, I'm going to give you some more time. (laughs) More time to preach. We're going to keep the church intact. We're going to keep your house intact. More time to do His work. Amen? Father, we just give You glory today. Thank You, Lord, for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be gladly. Thank You, Lord, that we are saved Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for a hand of favor to be upon each and every person here. Needs have to be met, Lord, and need to be met by you. And I pray Jesus' name, Lord, that you will meet needs that are in this congregation right now. I don't know what the physical needs, financial needs, mental, emotional needs. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Father. And I pray, Father, you send holy angels around each and every person here that be protected, that be kept safe, Lord. And I pray for a future. I pray for a future and purpose and meaning for this fellowship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Alright. Folks that go to Ah, I went to well, sorry about that. Alright, well listen, have a great day. God bless you. Thank you for being here, okay? <laughs> I get carried away. <laughs>